Live from Gil Silva Family Studio in Salinas, California, the salad bowl of the world. Welcome to the podcast designed to inspire the only one built with ganas. You're going to work harder than you ever worked before. And the only thing I ask from you is ganas, desire, haircut. If you don't have the ganas, I will give it to you because I'm an expert. From the founders of Gill Basketball Academy that empowers youth to play hard, work hard, study hard, and overcome obstacles. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. Real interviews with real people about real life. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And now it's time for Ganas, leading from the heart. Soy Alberto Murillo de Sunrun Solar. Una de las mejores movidas económicamente para un dueño de casa es poner paneles solares a su casa. Mi vida cambió desde que mi esposa y yo compramos un sistema solar de la Costco. Se me hizo tan increíble la oportunidad que en cuanto miré que era una buena movida, apliqué para trabajar en Sunrun Solar. Ahora Sunrun está dando hasta $5,000 por persona que quiera trabajar un poco y recomendar a parientes y amistades para poner paneles solar. Los biles de luz seguirán aumentando más y más espantosamente que toda la gente que califica pondrá paneles solar a sus casas y se ahorrarán miles de dólares. Para poder ahorrar miles o poder ganar hasta $5,000 Háblenme ahora mismo, Alberto Murillo, 831-206-6880, 831-206-6880. Alberto Murillo es el hombre ajedrez, representa las mejores movidas en la vida, no solamente académicamente para los estudiantes, pero económicamente y espiritualmente para todos. El ajedrez es el juego de Dios y de reyes, representa el camino en cual un peón puede avanzar en la vida para llegar a su reinado. Los niños se hacen reyes y las niñas reinas. Pidan el programa de ajedrez en sus escuelas. Si un distrito escolar no ofrece ajedrez, pídanselo. Tú puedes ser si lo quieres ser. Tú puedes ser un joven millonario, pero ¿sabes qué? Sin más educación serás un ni qué. Sin salvación, lo que quieres ser serás. Debes pensar y planificar. Es el ajedrez que cumplirá tu ilusión de vivir como un campeón, ganando un dineral. Para más información, háblenme. Alberto Murillo, 831-206-6880. 206-6880. This episode was sponsored by Plaza Properties. Plaza Properties and Dan O'Brien have managed departments in Salinas since the 1980s. Plaza Properties believes in the mission of the Gill Basketball Academy and is proud to contribute to our podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ganas, Leading from the Heart. I am Jose Gill, coach, teacher, father, husband, and a lifelong believer in Ganas, which translates to desire. Today on the show, we have Francisco Silva, General Counsel for the California Medical Association, Thank you for being on our show today. But before we get to our guest, to my right. Hi, my name is Nayeli. To my left. I'm Josue Silva. I'm a college student, athlete, and a very strong believer in Ghana's and all aspects of life. So I'm very excited to have my my godfather, or as we say in Spanish, Nino, on the show with us today, um, my Nino Frankie. And just to start us off, uh, we want to get to our viewers to get to know you a little more. 
Can you please talk a little more about your upbringing, um, growing up in Salinas, where you were born? Oh, sorry, I just said that. <laughs> and more about your educa educational journey uh, to get to uh, where you are today. Absolutely. And uh, first of all, good morning. Great to see you. Good morning. Hi, Naye. Hey, Josue. Hey, Pompa. Um, uh, where, where, where can I start? I, um, I'm the youngest of a uh, family of seven. Uh, it's um, we. Uh, my family comes from the state of Jalisco. Uh, the three youngest, uh, myself and um, uh, Coach Coach Gill's uh, wife, my sister Eva, and my sister Lena. The three youngest uh, were born in Sonora, in the northern state of Sonora, um, where my family lived there for for about twelve years when we moved from Jalisco. Um, and when I was about five, uh, we uh, moved to Salinas, and, and I grew up there uh, on the east side of Salas, um, on, on Market and on Alisal Street, um, were two, two of the homes that I remember really well. Uh, I went to uh, Fremont, Barton School in Salsal, and, and, and graduated from Alisal. Um, my parents were farm workers, and, uh, you know, they worked really, really, really hard um, to... Uh, give us a better life, which is why they came from, from Mexico um, and watch why they moved. And, and growing up, you know, they made sure that, that uh, we, we worked alongside with them. Um, I had the opportunity, although I didn't want to work in, work in the fields with my dad in, in the summers and in the weekends um, and really did learn, you know, what ganas means, you know, that effort of just working really working hard, keep pushing yourself. When you felt you couldn't do any more, you did it more. Um, and one of the things that really stands out for me in that regard, and then I'll tie it to, to school, is, on, you know, on the weekends, my dad would take me to El Amarre, which is where you tie a rubber band around cauliflower. And you have this big old wire full of rubber bands around your waist, and you're bent uh, uh, over the whole day, tying this rubber band around the cauliflower plant, and I get so tired that by like noon, one o'clock, I, I I felt like I could barely walk, I could barely get up, and I remember having this moment and, and looking down the, this field that seemed to be endless, and thinking, I have an out, like I have the opportunity to go to school, get an education, and pick a different career. Uh, but my dad, because he's making sacrifices for, for our family and my mom, they don't, right? So I would look at this field, and I knew there was an end for me. But for him, he would look at these fields and would have to do it over and over again. Uh, and that really stood out for me. The, you know, anything after that didn't seem so difficult. Um, so growing up in Salinas, um, you know, I, I had that drive, and once I got to to high school, um, I wanted to be an engineer at one point because I thought it'd be fun to invent things. Uh, but I also started really gaining this appreciation for the people around us on the east side at that time. They were making changes, uh, and you had some activists. Um, and one of them was a lawyer. Uh, Jesse Sanchez, who was a leader. Now there's a school named after him. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was a family friend. Uh, and then Simon Salinas, who's a county supervisor, was my basketball coach and flag football coach. Uh, and he went to he went to law school. He went to Santa Clara Law. Um, and I was watching them and others in the community 
that were making things happen by organizing, by saying that the East Side needed resources, that our elementary schools needed gyms and cafeterias. Um, and that's when I really, it sparked in me, like, I want to be a lawyer. Um, I, I, I want to make change. I want to have the ability to influence what happens around us. Um, and I ended up going to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, where I had a really awesome roommate there my second year. Ah, the best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my Coach Gill and myself were roommates uh, at Cal Poly. Um, and in fact, there was it was a safe place for a lot of us because yes. although it was we it wasn't many many Latino or, or Mexicans, much less immigrant kids, in at the university, there was enough of us to get together. Mm -hmm. And there was a group of kids from Alisan that went to God Poly, um, including, you know, uh, Ernie Garcia, who's a principal at, the, at, at, uh, at Alisan and Coach Gill and, and, and others. Um, I went to Poly and then I was a business major first because I thought, you know, we need money if <laughs> we were poor. <laughs> and, uh, and then I said, well, that's not probably not going to work out for my law degree. And I really got into political science um, and history and uh, uh, became a leader in Mecha at the time and started Teatro Chicano and really started opening up my mind. That's the, the, the opportunity of the college education is you get to learn. I got to learn about Mexican history and Chicano history. And I, I, uh, uh, really got to learn the things that I wanted to focus on um, and, and really felt empowered um, as a Mexicano. And uh, uh, I decided I wanted to study history and political science. You know, that's when I, I, I knew I wanted to do law. Uh, I transferred to Santa Clara University where I was a history major and a political, uh, minor in political science. And I had a professor there uh, by the name of Ramon Chacon uh, who became one of my mentors. Um, he was one of the first um, Ch Mexican Chicano uh, historians um, in, in the country. Uh, I think he might've been the first uh, Chicano to graduate from Stanford in, in PhD in history. Um, and he mentored a, a lot of us that uh, really, he kept pushing us like you have to do more. Um, you're not just going to get your undergraduate degree. You're going to get a PhD. You're going to go to law school. You're going to, um, uh, he just kept pushing and he told everybody, uh, all of us that he mentored that, you know, you can do it. Um, and, and after that, I really got into politics, but not in the political sense of like Democrats or Republicans, but like we need to change things around us. It, it was, at that time, um, Pete Wilson was the governor of California, and the same rhetoric that we're hearing from this administration that's out the door, mm -hmm. whose name should not be mentioned anymore. Yeah, uh, good news coming right. up. <laughs> and uh, at that time, there was an effort to, it was all the anti-immigrant sentiment. There was efforts to make it really difficult for people of color like us to go to college. It was just ugly. And uh, we were out protesting and um, trying to uh, uh, make change. Uh, and through that, I ended up doing a fellowship at the state capitol in Sacramento, um, where I realized, okay, 
Another way to make change too is to try to be part of the join the system. I, uh, to lack of a better way to say it, in other words, make sure people are on county supervisors, yes. running for city council, uh, people like us, right? That that get to run for state office. And in fact, those very same people, that generation now, happen to be some of the leaders that we have now, like uh, Alex Padilla, mm-hmm. who's going, who's our our. Our new uh, um, U.S. senator from California, he was an activist in that space as a young college kid himself, right? Uh, And a lot of um, the speaker, speaker of the assembly, same thing. A lot of these folks that are now making changes were uh, awakened and engaged because of the negativity that happened there. So that's a positivity that comes afterwards. Um, And after I did that, I went to law school. I went to UCLA Law. And I, again, I had an amazing mentor, uh, a professor by the name of Gerald Lopez, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote a book called um, Rebellious Lawyering. And it was all about a holistic approach to law that you just don't go to the courts. You also organize in the community that you also have, uh, you could join boards. There's different ways to make a change. Um, and went to law school and eventually ended up uh, in, in Sacramento doing the kind of work that I do now um, as general counsel for the California Medical Association. I have the opportunity to kind of blend it all, policy, politics, law, um, and then have an influence uh, on what we do. And one of the first things I ever did when I became general counsel there was uh, – to fight for Medi-Cal resources. Medi-Cal is the healthcare program for people that have the least amount of resources. Uh, And now even for people that have some resources but can't really afford healthcare Mm -hmm. uh, because it's so expensive. And one of the first things I did was to file a lawsuit that ended up at the US Supreme Court uh, to protect that program from cuts. Um, So that's kind of a long, Mm-hmm. Um, long but hopefully quick enough uh, story of my background, my 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 family, and, and my upbringing. And then uh, through that, right, like I, if, if I can mention what's related to GBA is that um, the other thing I learned, and part of it was my mentors that I had uh, growing up, that we often think that you give back always through your career, mm-hmm. but there's so many different ways to to be engaged. Um, you know, we work where we work to sustain our family, but you also have other time and it can be volunteering at GBA. It can be sitting on a board. Like I sit on, on the GBA board. Mm-hmm. I sit, uh, on the Planned Parenthood board to ensure that, that women have access to reproductive health. And, and, um, and, and that's important to me. Um, and I've sat at another, other boards, uh, um, that that I think are in tune with what I want to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with the like Mexican consul here in, in Sacramento to uh, uh, ensure there is a connection between Mexico and California. Um, so there there's different ways to give. I know GBA one of its strengths is just the volunteers are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just so dedicated to to the kids um, and, and to the organization and to the community. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. You know, that's really, I think that's really a great message, um, showing that you can really make a difference in different aspects, not just like only your career, but really getting involved outside of your career and trying different things and giving back to where you mm-hmm. come from. So I, I really admire that about you. 
And I was wondering if you could backtrack a little bit, talk more about um, like growing up as a son of like, uh, I know my abuelito was a bracero, right? Came from Mexico. And I know like a lot of people might see you and see how successful you are and think, oh, it might have came easy, right? But we know it wasn't a smooth sail. It was a lot of um, obstacles along the way. So I was wondering if you talk a little more about some of the like, notable obstacles you have to overcome um, to like really make you the person you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, we, we grew up with, you know, in terms of resources, very little. Um, and I, I think probably one of the biggest obstacles is uh, being prepared when you, you, you got to college. Um, one of the first essays that I turned in, I, I, this is at Santa Clara, so I've been in college for two years already. It's my third year. Uh, my Western civilization professor wrote on my paper, you write like a child. Um, and right, th that can really knock you down. Wow. Um, and that's just one example of when you first get to college, we grew up in a very segregated environment where we were the only white people we were exposed to were some of our teachers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I remember that and getting to college campus, you're like, I don't know how to talk to these white people. It really was like that, right? It was a completely different world uh, for, uh, for us and having to learn how to connect and then having to learn how to, uh, we would call it code switching. Mm, yeah. I, uh, I think people write about it now, right? I don't know if anybody <laughs> wrote, about, wrote about it back then, but uh, or whether there was research on it. But we we we'd say like, I got to go to survive in Isalinas. Um, at that time, you know, the majority of the people, more than the majority, the super majority of the people, were super peaceful, right? But we had a, mm. a gang element there, and you needed you you had some skills that you had to learn to survive there to not get caught up in that to not get pulled into it right mm -hmm. like you have to be this you got to be kind of tough but not really because <laughs> you're attracting violence right yeah, yeah there's that skill that you have to develop to 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 thrive there and then you go to college and you got to figure out how to connect there and survive there and and, and the language we spoke differently uh than others uh, and that's when you kind of started really realizing that people would say, well, like you speak funny. Um, and it's not just like a me Mexican or Spanish accent. It's, you know, that, that, the tone uh, of Salinas that we, <laughs> we, we have and all some... that, like learning to thrive in that environment. And then it professors that didn't really get you to tell you, you write like a child. Um, but, um, you know, instead of getting, uh, put down or giving up, uh, I had ganas, right? I, like, I got angry. Um, I, I worked harder. I said, I'm going to show you. Um, and, and you fast forward a year later, um, I had another professor at, uh, at, uh, American university. I did a semester in DC and, um, uh, and he, he, he said, he was hard on me too. He said, look, you know, you're, you know, your shit better than anybody, but you got to work on your writing. But instead of just criticizing me, he really took it upon himself to teach me. Um, and uh, it, it made a huge difference. And I think, you know, one of the things I picked up out of that is that you got to be open to who can guide you. 
Um, so that professor of American University who really took the time to not just point out my where I needed to work on, but help me get better at it. He was he was a, um, a libertarian Republican Jewish white man, um, and he turned out to be an ally for me in my journey. Um, so I, I think one of the obstacles would be just being prepared for school. Uh, I think the other one for, for a lot of us is that it's really one of the challenges is leaving, right? Um, because leaving Salinas, leaving our family, because a lot of times, a lot of the families there are in need and, and culturally when you're an immigrant, um, the idea is that you're all going to help each other. And that means working right to put all your money in one pot to be able to pay the bills and have a house and eat. Um, and if one of you leaves that nucleus, you're taking money out of the pot, uh, which makes it difficult for everybody. Um, so I was lucky. I'm the youngest of seven. So I think that obligation was less, strong for me it was still there right you're leaving mm -hmm. um but i know for for a, a lot of kids that's really tough i know for my older brothers and sisters that they made sacrifices um in fact my brother ramon ramon silva that i think is going to be another one of your podcasts who's a teacher a long time teacher at alisal and a leader in our community in, in salinas um you know he opened a lot of doors for us because he's he went right he, even though at that time we really needed his economic contribution to the family you know we needed his billetes so he could work but he, he he really had this drive to go to college um and and he did it but because he did it um then that made it a little easier for the next one uh, for my brother rafa and then he did it, and that made it a little easier for my sister Lorena. And she did, it, and that made it a little more, a little easier for my sister uh, Eva. Um, and then, you know, by the time I was around, I think it was expected, like, okay, you're going to go to college, um, and that's huge. And I think that touches on the other, the other obstacle, is just believing that that's a path um, wow. that you can do that. And uh, um, and I think just. Being around mentors, one of the one of the you know one of the things that we built GBA around, going by what we talk about a lot, mm -hmm. was just the mentors having these adults for children around that they can look up to, and and it's not just college educated. It 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 it, it can be somebody who stood up a business, somebody who's working really hard, and with that work is created a really good environment for their kids, somebody who's a good parent, um, you know, just the whole, just good mentors all, all, all around. Um, and then the other one is travel. Uh, I think one of the other obstacles, Josue, is that for sometimes growing up in a community that's it's got a lot of love, uh, but you also have to be able to leave and see other things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for a lot of us, we, we didn't get to do that. Um, for me, one of the things that really helped me, because you didn't get to do that, you feel really uncomfortable anywhere else outside of your little 
cocoon and you you got to leave to explore and see the world and open up your mind. Um, and for me, it was basketball. Uh, the coach, uh, coach Rear and and Nadi Sal and that basketball program there, it just gave me an amazing outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember going to Tahoe. That was a big deal to us. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, we're going to Lake Tahoe. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we got to stay in a hotel, right? Um, we had a lot of us didn't stay in hotels. That was yeah. for the rich, right? You got to see cable TV, um, <laughs> right? Uh, I got to, I think that first time I got on a plane was through, through uh, LSL basketball. You know, I got to go to New Zealand. Uh, and that gave me really unique experience that just gave, gave me ganas, gave me drive. So every time you get knocked down, you have those little little nuggets of things that were neat and unique that you're like, oh, okay, I got knocked down, but wow, I get to travel. I get to go to places if I keep working hard and, and staying focused and I get to help my family. That's amazing. And uh, that, now let's switch gears a little bit and focus on Isael, uh, my godson, uh, um, who earned a basketball scholarship, a full ride to play at Stanford University starting in 2022. Um, what advice would you have for parents and uh, raising kids who have aspirations and dreams and you being able to live it, you know, as a, as a parent? I know you must be extremely proud, as, as of course we all are, but um, can you help us with that? Uh, talk a little bit about how it feels as a parent to – to accomplish something like this? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of, of Isaiah in, in, in his accomplishments. Um, not, not just on, on the basketball court and the opportunity for him to play basketball and scholarship. It was for a lot of us, that'd be like a dream. Um, uh, I'm, I'm super proud of him and, and, I think beyond his accomplishments in the basketball court, I'm really proud of who he is as a person um, yeah. and that he's humble and how connected he is with his primos and primas and, and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's, I'm proud of that. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think in terms of advice, uh, you know, I think about fatherhood a lot Um and what it means and, and what, what it requires. Um, if I was going to give advice, it's hard to write. We all have different journeys and things that work, but um, looking back, uh, not just uh, on Isa, but my nephews and nieces that I'm just absolutely proud of and, and connected to. Um, and I see what, what, what they've had. And I think part of it is like, I, I spend time, any time that you have with your kids. Um, and that's huge. And it's not like quote unquote quality time where people say, well, you have to be like fully engaged. I think have them with you. Like if, mm-hmm. if you have errands to run on the weekend, take them with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're working a lot, sometimes you have to, right. And if you have the ability to take them with you, take them with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just be around them. I, I, I think, you start form it's a relationship like any other relationship you can't just expect they're my son or my daughter so therefore that's it it's like anything relation any other relationship what you give it what you invest in it is what you get out of it 
and you're trying to forge that relationship sometimes important. The other thing I think that as they grow older, it's important to keep in mind that as hard as it may be, that they're, they're always, since they're little, right? They want to be independent. They want to walk. They want to crawl and then they want to walk and they want to, and then they want to run. And then little by little, they want to do it further and further away from you, right? And then they get to the teenage years and they want to have some independence. But part of the journey is to get them ready for when they are going to be independent. Um, and I think that part of that means like letting go, but also trying to teach them any opportunity you have to teach to tell them about your experience, tell them about the do's and the don'ts. Um, you should in because, you know, the older they get, I, I think the sooner you can have those conversations, the better. Um, and then as they grow older, you have to learn for the relationship kind of shifts, right? It can't just be about like, I'm the boss, do exactly what you want. Cause eventually you're not right. So trying to learn how to have those conversations. I think one of the things that I learned from my mom, my mom always gave us a lot of love and she always led from the heart. Um, she wasn't a pushover, but she always led from, from the heart and she treated us with respect. She wasn't a yeller. She didn't cuss at us. She communicated with us with a lot of love and tenderness. And I used that with my son and the, some people say, well, then how do you discipline them? It's disappointment. <laughs> my mom, right? Yeah, that's worse. My that's mom, worse than being angry. <laughs> that's worse, right? I know you, you know that from, from your down. mom, right? My, yeah. my sister Emma. Like, Mom's the same way. Man, like she's, if they're disappointed in you, that feels, that's, that, that's a bigger motivator for me is like, I don't want to disappoint my mom. Uh, and, and I, and I, and I think Isa would say the same about me. Um, and I think that's been a really effective way to do it, but it also helps the other way around because when they turn around, so all teenagers, no matter how good they are, they, they, they'll snap at you. <laughs> they'll, you know, they, 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 part of them try to be like their own. Sometimes I don't want you to tell them anything, but my most effective tool is to say, hey, do I talk to you like that? Mm. And if you don't, right? So kids always mirror what you, what yes. you, um, yeah. what they see. Um, and I think that that's other, the other piece of advice I would have or perspective is that um, they watch you from their, the time they're little, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important, like what you model for them. So if you're, like you, you see kids, right? You say a bad word, then they say a bad word. Um, and if you laugh, okay, th that's funny. But if you really don't want them to do those things, whatever it may be, um, you shouldn't laugh, right? Or you just got to be aware that everything that you do, they're, yeah. they're watching at all ages. Um, and and I, I think that's probably more important and more impactful on their life than what you tell them. Um, so you just got to be hyper aware of that uh, and what you model for them, even the simplest things. Um, one of the things I used to do with Isa when he was little, I'd smile all the time because I wanted him to be a happy kid. 
I don't know if it works. I don't know if there's science behind it. Uh-huh. Uh, but he's a happy kid, I think, from what I everything I see. Uh, and um, so I think that's that's important. Um, just the way the way you you carry yourself um, and, and the way you live your life um, is the biggest lesson for them. And, and and you've been an amazing father and an example for for myself and and for others that are that are close oh, to you. you. Um, and so keep it up. And, and once again, you should be extremely proud, uh, because, uh, it doesn't happen to everybody, you know, but it happens to good, good people, you know, and actually I shouldn't say good, great people. Mm-hmm. And oh, to, thank you. And to finish off, you know, we're going to get you with some quick fire, put you in the grill for the carne asada talk. Yeah. So we're going to get Naya All to right. get us started. Should we get a drum roll going? Drum roll. Naya, ready? <laughs> okay. What was your first concert you ever attended? Oh, First concert, I think it was Chalino Sanchez. Oh, <laughs> no, and it wasn't Chalino. It wasn't Chalino Sanchez. It was Ramon Ayala. It was, uh, no, it wasn't Ramon Ayala. It was. It, I, it was my. I know it wasn't Chalino. It was. It might. Yeah, I think it might have been Ramon Ayala. Um, and I, am I gonna get flagged for confusing them? No. But no, I was no. little, little. I was really little with my mom and my and my dad, and they took me. Um, and at that stage, she was playing at the feria. Oh. Um, wow. Does that qualify as a concert? That, that, that qualifies. qualifies. That works. That works. And and if but the first concert I took myself to would be Mana. Oh, oh. love Mana. All right. Next question. Uh, what's better, tacos de Salinas or de Sacramento? Ah, oh, Salinas. Yeah. yeah. Good answer. If you were a movie or TV character, who would you be? Mm. Movie TV character. Who would I be? <laughs> can I can I answer that one for you? Ari yeah, Gold, Ari Gold, go. Entourage, Ari? <laughs> What's your favorite hobby during quarantine? Shooting uh, hoop in the backyard. Nice. And the next one, uh, what's your motto you live by? Ganas. There it is. You know, I have a very important question to ask you. Who's better at basketball, you or my dad? Oh, okay, oh, and that's so our that's our show so for today. A better left. It depends what part yeah, of my life. I think, stage. I think we're gonna end I the show. I, I think my compa's <laughs> better than me now. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> oh man, it's been great having you. Uh, once again, you know we could, we could bring we, we want to bring you back once again to, uh, to to continue this this amazing conversation because uh, you have so much to share um, for our podcast listeners and our community and and. Uh, young latinos old latinos people our age older younger that that can benefit so much from from your story and so we thank you for for sharing that story with us today no thank you uh this was fun i loved connecting with my family and with gba and and the salinas community josue naye Copa, love you. Thank yeah. you. Love, love you, you too. too. And that's our show today. We'd like to thank Francisco Silva for being a special guest on our show. And on behalf of the GBA family, keep leading with Ganas. Thank you for listening to Ganas, Leading from the Heart. If you found this podcast episode interesting, please make sure to share with your family and friends. We have a valuable collection of episodes with inspiring guests. We'd appreciate it if you subscribe to the show, Ganas, Leading from the heart. Now this is America.